This is a HeadGum Podcast. This is Erin McGowan, certified personal trainer and Kourtney Kardashian for Halloween. This is Ryan Stanger, certified personal trainer and cosmic jazz gumbo bowl. Comedy Fitness Podcast. Committed to bringing you inspiration, motivation, and sometimes information. Hey, dumbbells, let's get dumb. Let's get dumb. I think we've ever heard that from that intro. Have you ever heard that Billy Bob Thornton where he's talking about his music or whatever, and they're like, Well, can you describe it? And he's like, psychedelic hilly, hilly hippie gumbo. Like he has like some weird No, gumbo. that's incredible. Psychedelic hippie gumbo, cosmic soup bowl, crock pot, you know, some kind of weird thing. He's what on can't some that show. Guy do? He's on some show and like some guy you know is talking about his music and then makes one small reference to movies and then like Billy Bob is all fucking pissed off. <laughs> he's like God, don't if, piss that guy off. If Tom Petty were on here, would you ask him about his acting career? And the guy's like, I don't know if he got nominated for an Oscar or won Oscars, I might. I don't know. He's like, Do you ask him? Would you ask Tom Petty about his acting career? Sorry, going on. Go ahead, Aaron. Go, well, I don't know where to go, Sanger. <laughs> well, you're a well, we're gonna you're, talk you're to somebody Bob about their. Today. We're gonna talk to somebody about their career. I think that's a. There's that's a logical the segue. segue. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, well, let's get Melissa into the white room here. Today, we have a guest who is an incredible writer, written on some stuff you might know. Look her up on IMDb. We got writer, sometimes actress, or actor. What do you go by? Actor? Actress. Let's Melissa say, uh, Hunter. I'm, <laughs> I'm a great Hello. host. That was very good. <laughs> and you said the right last name, too. I did. Thank you. Thank God. Oh, my gosh. Um, Melissa Almost. Hunter said gatherer but wow, are you my sixth grade uh english teacher <laughs> <laughs> love that joke he is loved that- mr choiring loved that joke oh, melissa sh- hunter gatherer wow. yeah. oh man that sucks <laughs> That sucks to but be nothing that makes more sense honestly than stanger being your sixth grade teacher definitely yeah. old enough to be <clears throat> You know, not to brag, not to brag. Yeah. No, Melissa, <laughs> it's cool to be old now. <laughs> I is hope it? so because it just keeps yeah. happening to me. Yeah, it is. For a while, it was like people were youth obsessed. Now people are old obsessed. It's like what? kids are hanging hanging around morgues and stuff, like trying to <laughs> the oldest people. <laughs> I don't know where you're getting your news, but what I see, everyone's still trying to be a little young baby. Yeah, I'm getting you're off. Just- of TikTok. Go ahead. You're you're just in an algorithm that's like old is cool now. And it's just <laughs> just to make you feel really good about yourself. Yeah, it's just like, well, this is what this guy always searches. So yeah. here, here you go. Is you old fucking, cool now? You old I guess fucking so. sixth grade English teacher. <laughs> I honestly I might try to see what I could do with my algorithm to point me in this direction. Cause that might be a fun day. Like one day I looked at some um like some animal facts. And it was, it just took me down a rabbit hole that I needed to eventually get out of because it started showing me also facts about like spiders and that I can't do. But the whales I'm into, but maybe 
it would be better for my mental health if it's like old is the new young. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just get what do you guys that? think whales think of spiders? Do you think they think of them at all? No. I don't think. No, I mean, how they they're not really in the same ecosystems, you know? But a spider's definitely spiders. gotten into the water before. And whales yeah, aren't dumb. They got to be no, like. But think about how much bigger a whale is than a spider is. Like, I, can they even see a, a spider? And they have, because so. I've, I, like, I've been able to see like a flea before. Yeah, but yeah, that's but, not that different of size. But you're, 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 but your <laughs> proportion to a whale, I feel like a spider to a flea isn't quite the But same, like a tarantula you know? to like a smaller whale. Sure, if a tarantula fell in the this water, I bet a whale could see nightmare. that. <laughs> hey. Yeah, I don't want to be in the spider algorithm, actually. That's, that's <laughs> yeah, the worst that's, algorithm. I got to throw my phone to the other side of the room. It cannot hear me bring up spiders again. <laughs> I got to say, one thing I hate more than anything that so many people do is when they see a big, scary spider, they, like, put it on their Instagram stories. And I'm like, no, that's an automatic mute from me. Like, I yeah. never want to see your content again. I feel unsafe in yeah, your stories. For you, that's cancelable. Yeah. Yeah, you'll yeah, be they're canceled. canceled. Absolutely. You ain't going to work in this town anymore. Nope. You fucking <laughs> Not gonna be. spider showing psycho. Nope. I'm a, not in not, my feed. I'm the same. No, thank I remember you. one time I saw someone that knew enough of my same friends who posted a. This was like maybe five years ago when before like stories were a thing, and he posted a spider on the feed, and then I just asked for everyone I knew to please put another picture without any spiders in the feed because it was like only every time <laughs> I opened Instagram, which is a lot, it was only still that one, damn. God. They grit. They put it on, on the, the grid. grid. They put a spider I mean, this on was the years, grid. You know, it was before the story. You know, Ooh, it was like, yeah, this was years ago. I think, right, you right. Know, this fucker. Fucking. Idiot. They pinned it. They pinned it. Yeah. <laughs> they fucking pinned it. Why are we scared? I mean, why are we scared of them, Melissa? You could kick the shit out of a fucking spider, but That's, for some reason, I'm scared of them. Like I, it makes my, it, you know, the hairs on the back of my neck stand up. Like, why are we scared of them? What is that? I don't know. It's one of the top reasons I got married, honestly, because like Jeremy, can, my husband can kill spider or put them out. He does the whole thing where he puts them outside, which like I wish I was that brave wow, and humane, nice. but I'm just so scared. I got to I, I can do that. I can handle them. I could like if there was something where you had to like do interact with spiders or tramp, but it would make me it would give me adrenaline, you know? Yeah, uh, I can't. It's not like I'm like, or if like I felt one crawling on me, I wouldn't be all, you know, chill about it on the Mm -mm. inside. I might be able to be like, all right, I'm not going to fucking freak my dog out or my kid or something. But, but on the inside, I'd feel a little bit of anxiety or something. I don't know why. I think it's the extra set of legs. That's my pitch. Legs of it all. I was going to say. And they're Mm -hmm. just, they're like, they're bad guys. They're like real life bad guys. They're just like. (laughs) Like, you know how some people just have a look about their face that, like, they're, like, sharp edges. And, like, you know, they're like, oh, you could play a bad guy really well. Like a yeah. bad guy look. And that's just, like, yeah. spiders just have that. There's nothing. Like Jeremy Irons. 
there's just yes. nothing about them that's like lovable. And that is hard to say because I wish I could try to find one example. But the, if you can see their eyes, then you have to kill them even faster. Like it's not like big, cute eyes would make a difference. The thicker, the thicker oh their God. body, it's when it, yeah. it, the thicker their body, the worse so it is bad. for me. Um, if they're like little daddy long legs guys in the corner, they're like killing other bugs. Fine. Live and let live. They're not going to bother me. But if you get that thick body, mm-hmm. short, little legs goodbye yeah um Later. i can let a daddy long leg live Later, i can that for some reason i can do yeah. well yeah. they're technically not spiders right aren't they mites or something weird what huh but they got eight legs, Are they? Oh, I, I also think I, when did sorry sorry just when did that become the technical term is a daddy long leg? Like who decided <laughs> what bug scientist is like, hey, this is a black you what, widow. It's a great question, <laughs> Melissa. I want to meet the guy or the gal that came up with that it's name. Just a little daddy long leg. <laughs> I think he was like a jaunty <laughs> bug scientist. I'd love this person to give me a nickname because they're fucking yeah. good. Yeah. They're good. That's a, that Nick, that name is funny as hell. Yeah. Better than hunter gatherer. Yeah. <laughs> I also think maybe th- they're like, look at this fucking, look at this big guy over fucking daddy long legs over here. He and they're was, like, hey, he, I'll write it down. He was stoned as hell. Yeah, absolutely. This has gotta be. It just like feels like it does make that spider less intimidating because maybe if it didn't have that yes. name, it like because Black Widow is like you're gonna die, like you are dead. Yeah, yeah. It could have been like they could have called it like Mommy Fat Ass, and people would be like, "Oh, that's kind of <laughs> <laughs> holy shit!" I opened the barbecue and there's a Mommy Fat Ass in there. And people would be like, "Oh, that's kind of cool, I guess." <laughs> yeah, people would people would love that shit. I do feel like especially yeah, in this there's day like a Daddy Long, or there I feel like there is a spider on me. During this conversation, that is, I. We can move on, Melissa. I yeah, didn't mean to fucking waylay your podcast with spider this is Halloween. Talk. Shit, you're not it's into. Spooky season. It is Halloween. It is the, yeah. yeah, it's the scariest month of the year, this, which is the I only reason to. I allowed any of this conversation to happen. Um, yeah. So I make the rules, by the way, on the podcast about spiders or not. Um, that's good. Oh, Melissa, thank you for being here, though. I do want to hear about your whole entire life. Of course. Um, Great. And I'm sorry for the way I introed you. Just if it helps anything, um, I have been <laughs> seriously dragged through the mud for how I even did my own pregnancy announcement on this show. So I'm going... I, I heard it. I heard you get dragged. <laughs> yeah, okay, you heard it. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to start taking, like, how to host a podcast 101 um, just so I can start getting better at some of these, like, you know, major flaws of mine. So that is – it will be taken care of soon. So just know that I'm sorry, Baskets, in the mail. I think it's part of the charm. Well, it's got to be done. You know, I got to get – I got to become more like Alfonso – what's his name? Carlton? Carone? <laughs> You want to you become a director? No, what's his name? Carlton from Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Al- Alfonso something. Yeah. He hosts Dancing yeah. with the Stars. He, he's a host. Yeah, he's, he's, oh, my, yes. um, he's who I want to be. He's <laughs> my dream. He's good. He's, my he's goal. your goal. My host goals. Goals. Yeah. His pregnancy announcement for himself was <laughs> dynamic. <laughs> the way he built the tension. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, so anyway, 
Aaron was like to Aaron's was like her announcing that we're recording this <laughs> on a Monday. It was just like, uh, it's Monday. <laughs> we're recording on a Monday. Anyway, moving on. And people were like, Whoa, okay. God. We teased it for a while, you know, and then it, Yeah, and then I like, just it's Monday. I'm pregnant. I'm still I'm pregnant. pregnant. Moving on. Um, okay, Melissa, let's get into your whole life. All right. Great. <laughs> So you so get into it. Let's do it. So usually we kind of like to we we kind of like to hear you know what your relationship is with health mm-hmm. and fitness, um, yeah. and how you arrived at it. And so sometimes going like way back and talking about you know if you played, if you were involved in activities or sports, if you had like a, a yep. household where your folks watched what they eat it or cooked at home, or if it was just mm-hmm. like, we just did fast food or, I mean, we've had, a, we've had any and all, you know, on the show. And I think that people that listen to the show find it all interesting and relatable. So yeah, I don't know, going back, right. I don't know, where'd you grow up and uh, what were you doing as a kid? Yeah. So I grew up in Los Angeles. Um, I am, let's see, how old am I? I just turned 39. So it was like, 80s, 90s, uh, peak, like, Weight Watchers culture, like, a lot of Diet Coke. But it was also, like, when I think about, like, eating as a kid, and I don't mean my parents specifically, but just, like, all of the intake, it felt like chaos. Like, you're eating a ton of junk food, but then you're also, like, hearing at 11 years old that someone's on a diet. And it just feels like I didn't have a real handle on on anything nutrition based besides like that you needed to be skinny. I feel like that was what I like learned early on that you needed to be, that a girl, girls need to be skinny, especially growing up in LA, like on the West side. I can't even imagine. Um, That sounds so terrifying. I I think that's found its way everywhere, but I would imagine then in Los Angeles, it would be, they would be at the vanguard of that, you know? Yeah, totally. And it was, you know, I grew up like right by the beach and my dad was a surfer and a sailor. And so I was always at the beach, but I was like, I'm very pale and burned easily. So I would like and be kind of under an umbrella the whole time. And, um, but I grew up swimming a lot, um, and loving the ocean. And I think that was like my most active part of myself when I was like a little kid and like running around, on hiking trails and like catching lizards and that kind of stuff as a kid, kid. Cool. So it was Um, like recreational swimming in the ocean, not competitive swimming in a pool. No, like there were people that were like junior lifeguards. And I was like, no, thank you. I uh, need to be rescued, not (laughs) not rescue other folks. Um, But yeah, I mean, I grew up as like a really artsy kid. Like I wanted to act from a young age. I did a ton of theater and I feel like I rejected a lot of sports stuff. Like I did sure. recreational sports. I did soccer and softball and basketball, like in little rec leagues, but I was never good at any of them. I was, I'm very short. I feel like that was, uh, and I didn't like to run. So I feel like that really, uh, cut out a lot of my ability. Should have looked into horse racing. Oh yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You're valued for how short you are and somebody else is doing the running. If you do a redo, that that would have been really, 
You yeah, had, wasn't there were God there were did you have horse girls at your at oh, your yeah. schools? We had a couple of like really intense horse girls, but you also had to have a lot of money to be a horse girl. Yeah, too. yeah, it like, takes a lot of resources to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Which uh, so no, I, I didn't I realize. Well, I don't think when I was young I realized that horse girls were also rich. I I didn't that did not correlate yes. in my head, and I just remember thinking that I didn't want to be a horse girl because I was, I didn't really have any access to horses, but that I remember thinking I looked like a horse girl if I did, braided my hair. And so I was like, I would never let anyone yeah, braid my hair because I, I felt like I looked. You didn't want that store stolen horse I girl valor. The, well, I felt like they were nerds, but like they had a skill. So it was like, they were nerdy, but mm-hmm. they had like, they had something going on, but I just didn't want to be them. I don't know what it was. I wanted to be a nerd with no sk- <laughs> with the, the, to play trombone. That's what I wanted. I think like Western horse stuff is cool with like jeans and shit. But then sometimes you'll see people with a little hats on, the little like black hats on and shit. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that's like a little... And the, the writing pants. Yeah, it's like, what are you They're doing? They're always like light tan, like very unforgiving. Oh, so you know? unforgiving. Yeah. God. Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Bless them. God bless yeah. them. I, don't know. I, I, I understand what you're saying, Aaron. I, it is, it's hard to articulate, but I do know what you mean. You just, it wasn't, it wasn't you. Me. It wasn't your identity. Yeah. Um, no. Um, yeah, but I, I feel like w- looking back, like I remember... I was good at softball. That was the one thing I was mm-hmm. pretty good at. Um, and I really liked it. And I, but then in high school, I basically had to make a choice between joining the softball team or doing theater. And I was, and so I chose theater because yeah. you just like couldn't do both. Um, and then I just fully committed to uh, like rejecting sports as like a part of my life, you know, and being like, I'm a theater, weird theater artsy kid. Um, so I feel like for a while, looking at like, especially post-puberty, everything related to exercise and eating for me was always about like becoming thin and getting as thin yeah. as possible. And like never full eating disorder, but like definitely borderline and like being obsessive about like I went on Weight Watcher, like I stole my mom's like Weight Watchers mm. guides when I was like 15 just to like so I could see how thin I could get, you know, and it, it makes me really sad for myself when I think about those years of like, cause I love exercise now. And I feel like I think about food as something very different. Like I have a very different relationship to food that I did in those years. And it's just like, it, it makes me feel sad that like, I didn't know how to enjoy exercise particularly, mm. you know? I totally get that. It was a weird there was a weird culture around it. And it's a quote I, I say all the time on this show, but Catherine Burns, do you know her? She's a uh, yeah, yeah, choreographer yeah. and mm-hmm. um, great, super talented, cool person. Incredibly but, talented. Uh, she said that like her, a big, a big shift happened for her when she reframed um, exercise and nutrition as something she did because she loved her body as opposed to hated the way she looked. Wow. And she's yeah. like, it's just such a subtle shift of like, 
oh, I'll do all this stuff that makes me feel good because I love myself and I want to, you know, feel my best as opposed mm-hmm. to like, I need to do this because I, I'm not happy with how I am or there's something wrong with me. And so yep. I can just completely change the culture around it. And I think so much like the, the pervasive culture around it was like, you're not good enough. So you need mm-hmm. to do this to be good enough. I even remember like, I was like a weird kid where I'd read like Vanity Fair and stuff. <laughs> and so like, I'd be like 12 years old and thinking about like the San Francisco art scene and, you know, Francisco Clemente, you know, and was like, what the fuck am I doing? I didn't even know, I didn't even know like what it was, but I was like learning about all this shit. But like you would read about like Demi Moore and it'd be like, traveling with her team of 15 assistants and mm-hmm. like her own chef. And she would, you know, stick to this diet and would never allow herself this. And it's like, we all thought that was like cool and kind of normal. Yep. And then you'd meet like a little nine-year-old that's she's on her own diet and everybody's like, Oh, good for her. Yeah. You know, she uses slim fast, you know? It's just yeah. Like, it's just oh, I would steal my mom's slim fast crazy stuff. Yeah. It, yeah, it's and it, yeah, it was so crazy how it was just so out in the open in that yeah. era of like just a public publicized disordered eating as like or not even publicized, it's like glamorized. Yeah, of like I think you know like Jennifer Aniston and her salad that she ate every single day for like thirty years or something, like starting on the Friends, and it's like and you're like oh that cool. sounded cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I, me and my friends in high school would like. I've joked about this before just recently because I went to Coffee Bean recently and made me think of it where like in we would be able to senior year go into town into town for uh, lunch. We could leave campus and we would get a ice blended from uh, Coffee Bean and a bagel from Noah's Bagels. And again, like knowing nothing about nutrition, we're like, wow we ate like nothing today. Like all we had was a bagel and an ice blended and we were, and it was like terrible for us, but we thought that we thought that was like a, a, that was all we were going to eat that day. Like was just like a bagel and an ice blended. And it was just, we thought that was a way to, it just was like something we bragged about. Yeah. I would say, yeah. Glamorized at the very least, completely normalized. Yes. And for, you know, kids to be talking about that or even having that on their mind is just nuts when it's like at that age, you're so just naturally kind of hardwired to be healthy anyway. It's like you have yeah. a good, healthy appetite. You need to like move around and be rambunctious. And so yep. it's like, just like, you know, having like activities be encouraged and then just like feeding your kids healthy appetite with nutritious foods, you know, not mm-hmm. making it like some kind of weird thing because I was even in like, you know, this other kind of weird culture to where it was like, wow, look at this boy. And he ate 10 plates what a good mm-hmm. boy, you know, and like, as opposed to like, you know, oh, if you're full, then just stop eating, you know, as opposed to like, yeah. no, if you're good, you'll finish everything, you know, I yeah. get it. Yeah. Yeah. So there was all kinds of like fucked up stuff, you know, that, you know, nobody, you know, everybody was messing each other up and nobody knew it. And they didn't realize that. Yeah. Like my parents were not like, were so supportive of, you know, of me and my, I have a sister and. But like, I don't think they realize that there's like actually so much they had to combat in order for us to not like get sucked into disordered eating culture and 
this like obsession with thinness for, for women and her girls. And, and it, it, it was just everywhere. You know, I think I recently rewatched, I know what you did last yeah. summer and it made me so sad because those Jennifer Love Hewitt and Sarah Michelle Gellar are so beautiful, like teen stars. They were so thin. They were like sickly thin in that movie. And that was like, those were the icons of beauty. So like when I was 15, I wasn't, you know, I was a small girl, but I was never going to be as thin as that. And I never could be without having an eating disorder. So it's it's a bummer. The yeah. growing up in like the nineties and two thousands is like a real bummer. I know what you did last summer. It wasn't adhering to a fucking healthy eating strategy. I tell you that no. much. No, you're having fucking Noah's bagels and blended uh, ice blended from uh, going to town. It's also thinking that's like healthy when it's like just thousands of empty <laughs> calories. Um, it's not even diet food. I, yeah, I remember I had this teacher and he was all ripped and stuff. He was like an English teacher and he'd always like, he was like a real passionate about books and stuff. And I was like, you know, like, she's like, this ain't dead poet society. Relax, dude. Nobody uh-huh. gives a fucking shit. But anyway, he was like all like handsome and like ripped and he would eat a plain bagel and like, you know, you'd go in for like his office hours or whatever and you'd have like a plain bagel in his mouth. Like, come on in. And I remember thinking like, God, this guy's a total health nut. <laughs> Eating fucking plain bagel. Yeah, I, I remember thinking like bagels, like oh, this guy eats plain bagels. Like what a health freak. It's just like fucking worthless carbs. God, I love bagels. Bagel. Why? Why did we all think bagels were healthy? I, I don't there know. There was a certain point when when you when people were like, oh, they're not healthy. So you know what you need to do? We need to scoop out the bagel. Did you ever scoop oh, out yes. the bagel and then yeah. put yes, in like cottage cheese or something? It was like, this is my diet food, a scooped God. out bagel. Oh my, you I know what you, it was? It's because it was low fat culture. Yeah. That's yeah. what it was. Oh, for so sure. Like, You're, the, you nailed yeah. it. You nailed it. I mean, we, t- we joke around about the show on the show with people and you might've hit this, um, where it was like the green boxes of snack yes. wells, you know, like oh the cookies God. and stuff. <laughs> that tasted like shit, but they were fat free. So like like, cardboard. Yeah, no, yeah. no problems. Yeah. T- those weight. Oh, I, my mom always had those Weight Watchers, um, like cream, like fudgesicles mm, mm-hmm, that yeah. were just like so, so joyless. <laughs> yeah, Chalk. joyless is the perfect. Yeah. Word. <laughs> I remember, I remember going to the movies. Um, I was dating this girl who was a little bit older than me. He loves to bring this up. Uh, like I said, yeah. Uh, you know, age is in, um, and uh, we were meeting some of her friends there. And uh, we were going to see this movie called The Jackal. No, yeah, The Jackal with Richard Gere and Bruce oh, Willis. Uh-huh. Um, kind of a kind of a snooze. But um, I only saw it the one time, but I remember it distinctly. <laughs> but um, I remember going, and like I got like a big icy, like huge, just like a big fucking icy, like one of the ones where it's you can either get blue or red, and like it fills into like a dome. Mm-hmm. It's like foam. So it's not a slushy. It's like the icy brand. It's got the little polar bear mm-hmm. on the thing and like the striped yeah. cup or whatever. And, uh, and so I got this giant thing and one of her friends there, they were all like workout girls. And one of her friends was like, you're going to eat that whole, you're going to have that whole icy. And I was like, yeah. And she's like, aren't you worried about like, uh, putting weight on or something? And I remember thinking like, it's fat free. 
And she's like, yeah, yeah, but there's all that sugar in there. And I was like, wait, sugar can make you fat. <laughs> like I didn't like conceptually no. like didn't yeah. get it at all. I was like, this is fucking fat free, you idiot. And she's like, no, there's sugar in there, dude. What do you think sugar turns into? And I was like, Oh, <laughs> more sugar yeah. energy. Yeah. It's like a huge eye opener for me. And so, yeah, that was like the first I like ever heard of anything about like carbs. And I was like, yeah, carbs. What the well, fuck? They came for carbs next. Yeah. yeah it's, it's a, <laughs> that was, that was the next uh, thing to cut. <laughs> I love how yeah. like what we learn is just like moderation. <laughs> I know. Yes. You know what I mean? <laughs> just like, just have, just have a little bit of everything and yeah. it's going to be fine. <laughs> and pr probably the best, you know? No, but yep. you know what? Yeah. Yep. That's the problem. Honestly, that's what I've learned in my life. It's the problem with Americans. We can't. It is so hard. It would, we would rather cut something all the way yeah. out than just have to figure out how to eat a moderate amount. That is so hard. I, I definitely yeah. agree with that, Aaron, but also it's what sells. Yeah. And so say, yeah. saying being reasonable is not, not you can't trademark that and yeah. sell that. Yeah, you can't show a commercial of like <laughs> uh, the be reasonable plan and have a little belt on it and it gets yeah. the, it's like you gotta be like, no, it's like <laughs> no fat. And so here's the trick to no fat and all this kind of shit. Or, or then it's like, and then it's no carbs and then it's keto and then it's the, so it's like, it's gotta be something, it's gotta be a hot take yeah. so that you can write a book about it. Brandable, uh, yeah. And something that people will only, yeah, it it works for a month really well, and yeah. then you fail, and then you don't tell anyone that you fail. So, like, the brand continues on, as opposed to, like, if you just eat in moderation, mostly, like, plant-based, and you walk a lot, you'll probably be a healthy person. It's like, yeah. that's fucking boring, <laughs> nerd. Like, get out of the way. Yeah. I'm going to buy that. What country do you think you're in, you fucking idiot? <laughs> Oh man, God. Okay, well, get that European um, shit the fuck out of here, dude. God, I just I remember um, looking back at me as a kid, like at photos where I thought I was so fat. Like I thought when I was a little, yeah. like fifth, sixth, seventh grade, I was like, oh, I'm so fat, and I, I wasn't, and I was like, oh my gosh, I was yeah. so hard on myself. I was so, and, and I, like you, I didn't know anything about nutrition. So it wasn't like I could make any real positive changes. I was just trying to like not eat sometimes. <laughs> and yeah. Well, sad. cause you have, I mean, at that age you have no, it in that era, now we have too much information, but back then we yeah. had no information besides like I would borrow my sister's like cosmopolitan and yeah. like look up a diet in there that was, you know, and it, it's all just like, all it was, was restriction and like, stop eating more, like just don't eat your dinner or something yeah. was the way was the advice. Um, and yeah, the L McPherson, no dinner diet, you know, <laughs> exactly. that'll make me seven feet tall, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. So it, yeah, it's so interesting because it, I think then like going into college again, had no understanding of fitness and I just started going on uh, the elliptical machine yes. at the gym, like over and over yep. again, again, just to be thin. And 
I wasn't in necessarily good shape. I was just 22 and could lose weight then, you know, Mm -hmm. pretty easily. So I was like, this is working. So I was just, but I wasn't, I wasn't strong. I didn't have like any muscle definition or didn't like feel good in my body. I was just like drinking a ton and like eating, you know, uh, ramen and and then going on the elliptical i love the elliptical because it is like it's like the elliptical or a treadmill those are people's like entrance uh, yeah you're you're like i'm gonna walk into this gym and i'm gonna find a machine and i'm gonna post up because i loved it and it's like i yeah and i went to school in chicago and it was just like This, it was always, you know, very cold or, you know, half the year it was too cold to work out outside. So you just go in and it's like, oh, all the ellipticals are taken. (laughs) It was just like this row of skinny white girls just on ellipticals. Did they have like a time limit for y'all? Because they did for us. It was like 30 minutes and you're off and you have to sign up. Yeah. Yeah, All the white women trying to be skinny. Yeah. But the weight machine, like I didn't learn anything about weights or anything like that. I was like, those are for guys. And I, yeah. Cause you, again, you just want to be thin. You don't want to be strong or bulky. anything like that. Yeah. At yeah. any moment yeah. you could get bulky and that is scary. Yeah. Whew. Very, very scary. Um, yeah. And it's yeah. just, we're, you know, there's, it's interesting too. You mentioned this, Melissa, um, in talking about and now we have too much information, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. It, which I completely agree with, but it's, it's wild how much we're affected by trends and yep. stuff too. And stuff will cycle back in and out. And, uh, you know, and it's just this kind of like reasonable, you know, there just needs to be some kind of societal shift. And I think that like body acceptance has gotten a lot better, but even that has now become kind of its own thing too, to where it's, is it, it's, it's like, is this the most beneficial way to present this information and are people getting the most out of it when it's presented this way or has it become its own kind of weird brand thing, you know? Oh yeah. Again, we want to brand it. We want to make it sexy. If there's a way we will, we will do it. Yeah, and sorry, so my internet went, was unstable for a second, so I don't know if I heard all that. But keep going. Oh, it was just it was just like this, you know, something like something very positive, like body acceptance. Mm-hmm. Even that gets hijacked and oh, like yeah. used for like the wrong reasons in ways that isn't realistic or beneficial for people. And so you're just like, God damn, it's it's just tough now with like, you know, I guess you know, I guess the. <laughs> pitfalls of capitalism, you know, whatever. (laughs) Yeah. When everything is like commodified and, and it just feels like, yeah, plus size models are used as props and like this, it, it also feels like, but then it's not like practical where, yeah, there's body positivity movement, but then there isn't like, there aren't bigger sizes in stores or, you know, it just feels like it's all pretend and you're still selling all of these, you know, weight loss, it, the, the weight loss industry is not going to go away. No. And so it, they need to make sure that it's like a little bit of body positivity, but like not too much that you still hate yourself as much as possible. Yeah. God. Yeah. It, it's crazy. So, so, okay. So we heard a little bit about the, you know, you know, some of the issues as a kid mm-hmm. and then ultimately finding yourself in Chicago and, 
um, unfortunately not participating in that fun food scene out there, just eating raw yeah, and doing elliptical. That's a, that's a damn shame. I know. Well, I was also broke, so. <laughs> also uh, broke. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Um, so, and then now it sounds like you're at a great place. So what's the in-between? Like where, <clears throat> where do you feel like you had a big breakthrough or, or take us on some of the other, you know, the other stuff you tried or got into for a yeah. while? Well, I feel like it's interesting. My breakthrough, I feel like came in the past several years, but it feels like in my twenties, I was working out again, I think with the main goal of like being thin, like for thinness. And, Mm -hmm. but I feel like it shifted a little bit where I started to find things that I really enjoyed. And I remember the first way I did that was like, I, in my twenties, I couldn't afford like go like different um, little studios. It was too expensive, but I joined the Hollywood YMCA, which is this like beautiful old art deco building. And it was very inexpensive and they had free classes. And I started taking Pilates classes there and just loved it. And it was the first time I could like afford classes like that and consistently. And, and then I started hiking a lot more. It's a really LA sort of cliche, but I grew up hiking and camping and nature is something that's very important to me and important to my like mental health and just being in nature. And so I, I feel like a lot of it for me was exploring, exploring different hiking trails and pushing myself in that, in, um, in that regard, like I hiked Mount Baldy one time in my oh, like cool. later twenties and it was like really challenging, but in a way that was, um, was really exciting and felt like I really pushed myself in a way that was like a physical push that wasn't about, you know, yeah, about thinness or anything else. It was about like feeling strong and capable and everything like that. Um, and then I think, it, let me just sorry, interrupt. Oh, just real quick, because here's something that's, that's worthwhile and actionable for people. If as a kid you were forced to hike or camp and you felt like you hated it, give Mm -hmm. it another shot now. Yeah. Yeah. You'll probably like, it's this weird thing where like some switch Mm -hmm. happens where you're like, Oh, I needed this, you know? And like, yeah, it can, you take it for granted as a kid for whatever reason, who knows why we just want to play Nintendo or some shit, you know? But mm-hmm. revisit it as a grown, especially like, look, if you did it last week and you, it sucked for you, then you may not, you just may not be a hiking person. But mm-hmm. if it was one of those things that you did, like it growing up or 10 or 15 years ago and you haven't revisited because you think you don't like it, give it another shot and see how it goes. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry, I interrupted you. So finish what your, finish what your thought was. Yeah, no, no, I completely agree with that. And I, I, I think there are certain things that, you find not fun as a kid that you discover are like cooking for me. I was never really interested in cooking and for a while and was uh, like just did a lot of microwave meals in my early twenties. And then a shift happened where I started to get more interested in it. And especially when I met my now husband who loves cooking and is very good at it. And I feel like cooking has been a great way to marry uh, eating healthy, but also really delicious, like comforting food and food that I choose. That's rather than just like whatever's takeout that then what's the healthiest thing on the menu. It's like, no, what could I eat that feels um, exciting and interesting for, for me, but I can also choose how, you know, 
how healthy it is as well. Like it feels like it gives you more agency in what you eat and the joy of eating. Um, so I feel like that was a shift in my late twenties, early thirties. Um, yeah. And, and I feel like I got more into, into working out. I got really into bar method for a while. I was Mm -hmm. like super into it. Um, I kind of burned out. I think I got a little bored after a while of just the tiny little movements. God bless people that can do that for like (laughs) longer than a month. That shit is so hard. Yeah. And boring. (laughs) It's so hard. Yeah, I feel like I truly got, like I did it for a couple years pretty religiously. And then I was like, I don't think I can move my leg an inch over and over again for 20 minutes. I can't do it. Um, That was like the first thing I did when I came to LA was I took, I like had a Groupon for a bar method class and it was like my muscles. Yeah. I was not in shape at this time, but it was like, my muscles were just like jello after it. So it felt really effective, Mm -hmm. but it was, yeah, you said you're just like, like, that's the, that's, Little micro just movements. tiny. Yeah. And I, I like, yeah. I could do it. Like I would do it like once if I was rich, I would do it like once a month, you know, like, or twice a month mm-hmm. and then like a Pilates twice a month and then strength training, like traditional the rest of the time. Cause I do think there's like, yeah. like benefit from it, but my God, it's intense. Mm-hmm. It's intense. And you're also like wearing socks yeah. or barefoot. So it's like funny. Cause you're not really, yeah. You're like in your pajamas. You could do it in your pajamas. Yeah. It's, it's a very wild, funny little, uh, little world in those classes. What's up, you guys? It's Aaron interrupting the episode to talk to you guys about one of our longtime sponsors, AG1, y'all. Formerly Athletic Greens. Now they're going by their cool new name, AG1. We are here for it. Now, if you're a longtime listener, you know Stanger has been drinking Athletic Greens AG1 for I don't know, six years, maybe five, six years. Um, I'm newer. I'm like newer to the game. I've got two years under my belt. I will tell you what, I didn't even realize that I was feeling sluggish until I started drinking AG1. I thought I was getting enough energy from my cold brews. Y'all know about me and my cold brew. But AG1 gave me a way more well-rounded feeling. I tell you, it, it was hard to describe until I started taking it consistently. And then I really did feel a little bit more pep in my step. I also didn't have to take my multivitamin anymore. Like this scoop, every scoop includes prebiotics, probiotics, digestive enzymes for gut support, magnesium, which honestly, magnesium helps me so much. It helps me with recovery with my muscles, like so I can get back, you know, to the gym without being super sore. Vitamin B, which who has enough of that? Not me. Um, Different energy supports, adaptogens to really balance my body's stress levels, vitamin C and zinc. So I got to stop taking each one of those things with one tiny little pill that I had to remember to buy at the store all the time. It just came all in one easy to use powder, one little scoop in some ice cold water and baby, you are trekking. Okay. So I've got my husband in on it. My parents 
they don't really know how to order it, but they <laughs> they like to use it when I'm home for the holidays. Um, so yes, AG1 is the supplement I trust to provide the support my body needs daily. And that's why they have been a partner for the dumbbells for so long. If you want to take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D, K2, and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com slash dumbbells. That's drinkag1.com slash dumbbells. Check it out. But I think what the turn for me in those classes was I went so, con- it was the first time I'd done something really consistently for like, I think I did it consistent a few times a week for like two years. And it, it felt, I, for the first time I felt really like strong and like pushing myself further and further and getting stronger and stronger. And it felt like a new relationship to fitness and exercise that I'd never had before. Um, and I really liked it as opposed to like doing it as a chore. Like mm-hmm. it felt like in the same way hiking feels like to me, it doesn't feel like a chore. It feels like something I'm excited to. And especially now, like we'll look up new trails and you know, what's a new place we can duck into. But I also like feeling really strong after a class was, was, was a new feeling. It wasn't just about like the results anymore. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's subtle, but I mean, those distinctions are so important to make and, um, to use the re- the word again, like the reframing of things. It's so mm-hmm. helpful, you know, towards this like, Oh wow, this is, this feels so much different just because of my approach has changed going into it. And it seems it's, it's easy if you're just hearing this to dismiss that, but it's, it's crucial. And I think, you know, if you haven't found it yet, doing the work to find something you enjoy that's physical yeah. is really important because it, it should be fun. Yeah, it's fun, and, you'll show up. And yeah. I think there, for people like me who are like artsy theater kids who weren't athletic and I, I feel like there there was a lot of, I had a lot of resistance to like exercise and fitness generally going into my like, college and early twenties. Again, it was just like about calorie burning and stuff like that. And that I felt like it wasn't for me, you know, that it was just something I had to do, but I think it, it was finding the things that it's like, just because you're not good at a team recreational sport doesn't mean you're not athletic, you know, and that you can't find the thing that works for you and your body and, and how in your relationship to your body. And so I think being able to look at it differently and find the things that gave me that joy or feeling, um, accomplished and all of that was, was really important. And I, I feel like it was, it was the reframing, like you're saying. Yeah, I think that's, you know, an unfortunate casualty in somebody that um, doesn't experience organized sports because maybe the culture is tough to penetrate or it's not, you just don't like the vibe, which is completely understandable. It can be annoying in the same way for like a sports kid that finds theater or or something artistic annoying, Mm -hmm. like the culture around it. So the casualty for the theater kid is if they don't get to experience um, improving in something physically 
And that, yep. that, that can feel really good. And that, that can get you to show up for exercise when the sports are done, where it's just like, yep. I like that. I like the, the, the way it felt to get in shape. And so I'll do it. And then the, at the same time, the person that never expresses themselves, you know, mm-hmm. loses yeah. out on whatever, you know, joys that that brings you as a human being to, wow, I took a chance and I hung myself out there creatively and people responded to it. It feels fucking amazing. And so that's, you know, my brain's going to grow that way now, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's like seeing an accountant in an improv class and it's like, yeah, man, go for it. (laughs) Um, Quit touching everybody in the scene. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You don't need to be so angry. Yeah. Um, But don't scream bitch over and over again. (laughs) You're either a masseuse Uh, or you scream bitch over and over. Oh boy. Uh, and yeah, we're not always a sex worker in the scene just because it's a young woman. Um, but yeah, you, I mean, this is a very obvious point, but you, it made me think of it, but like, yeah, sports for me were, it was like a really anxious, like it made me feel so anxious as a kid because I was the one, I always felt like I'd be the one that would like let the team down because I wasn't as strong as everyone else or being picked last or, you know, that's a real trauma for kids and you don't realize that. And then I feel like that creates a fraught relationship with athletics and exercise and making it like personal to you. And I think that's what you're talking about with diet culture and trends and fads. It's like, yeah, if you just pick something because you feel like you have to, like you buy a Peloton because you think, because everyone else is doing it, you're going to burn out as opposed to find it, like going and exploring and finding the things that work for you. Um, which, which kind of leads me to the next chapter, which involves Aaron. Um, oh, wow. Cool. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Where, so I feel like once the, once 2020 happened, lockdown, you know, I, I was a part of a gym at that point, but was just going, not having a lot of fun, but just going. Um, and then when, when everything locked down first, my husband, Jeremy is very into, you know, learning about exercise. He did a lot of nutritional science stuff in college. He's like very into fitness and nutrition in that way. And and we would work out together at home and he was just like teaching me about more about strength training and I was really enjoying it, but not doing it as um, consistently as I would have liked because everyone was fucking depressed and it was locked down <laughs> and everything. That was tough. Sorry, you want to say something, Ryan? What's that? Oh, I was just Were saying, it's say also, oh, I was just, it's weird in your house too. It's just like, yeah, without an appointment, it's, it's just like. All right, like, I guess we, I'll just turn off the TV and do this now. Yeah. I, what the fuck am I doing? <laughs> I guess I'm going to go outside in our apartment courtyard and wear a mask. And yeah. like, it's you know, 2.30. Yeah. I've like, have just changed out my pajamas. Yeah, weird, weird times. Um, but I, it was Jan, but I started to get more interested sure. in strength training. And it felt like, it, it kind of felt like it unlocked a new thing of like bar was boring to me and like Pilates was fun sometimes, but I wanted to get stronger. And that was something that I was interested in and, but never like had the right form and everything. And then, uh, January of 2021. So this was like nine months into COVID I had gained some weight. I was like, 
a little bit lethargic and not feeling my best and hadn't seen anyone in nine months. And then uh, I got, I was working on a movie during rewrites and the director asked me to also come to be on set as the writer and also um, be in the movie. And so I immediately was going from never seeing anyone to all of a sudden having a part in a Jennifer Lopez movie um, in the Dominican (laughs) Republic. (laughs) With like Lenny Kravitz and um, Jennifer Coolidge. And so I was like, I need to get in shape um, immediately. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, like, <laughs> like, like this hour, I need to start getting in shape. <laughs> and uh, my friend Jesse had been talking about working with Aaron. And, and uh, so I immediately reached out to Aaron. And then we started on Zoom training like three days a week for turned out a very long time. Yeah. Well, and yeah. you even, you were like, we started and then you had to go. Do you remember that? Yeah, like I had you to went go. to the Domin- <laughs> Dominican Republic. I said that weird. Yeah. Um, and I like wrote you workouts for over there. And I really, usually I write workouts for people and they just do not do them. <laughs> and you yeah. like did them probably because of the JLo effect. Um, but yeah, is, nothing more motivating than Jennifer Lopez. <laughs> of getting in shape. So intense. <laughs> um, and you do have the best line of that movie. I will give you like, that was, oh. everyone go watch shotgun wedding, so but you have the best <laughs> line in it. Um, um, but yeah, you were such a hard worker and, you know, like you said, it is hard to work out at home. It's mm-hmm. like, even if I'm training you over Zoom, like it's still, you're still having to like, kind of like change the environment from like a place you like watch a movie with your husband before you go to mm-hmm. bed. It's like, okay, now this is my gym. I have mm-hmm. to like get amped and like go Mm -hmm. hard and you like you were one of my clients that I would have to like write more stuff for the time because you would be like all right what's next and I'm like do you need a break you if you want a break take it you're like no I'm good what's next and so you're really fun to train um because of like that like challenging for me you know like um so that was fun so thanks for letting me train your ass yeah, it was really fun. And it was this, so I shot that movie and then came back in April of that year. And then I was getting married in October. So I was like, Aaron, we got to keep going and like yeah. ratchet it up. And so I was just like, <laughs> like the fittest I've ever been in my whole life that year. Um, got married in October and then got immediately pregnant (laughs) and it was which was great I mean it was very surprising that it uh, you know at 37 to get pregnant that fast we were very lucky but it was just this very funny thing to like be like my body is like the I'm so fit I feel so good about myself I'm so proud I want to keep going and push myself and see how far I can take this like fitness journey oh I'm pregnant oh um, I'm going to go lay down on the couch um, <laughs> for 12 weeks. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, but then Aaron trained me all through my pregnancy till I was 35, 36 weeks, um, which I was know, such a blessing. Week I was like, are you sure? And you're like, yeah. <laughs> well, because it was weirdly like I, 
I feel so lucky that we had had that base of training together and that I was so strong when I got pregnant because it felt like I wanted to stay active during my pregnancy. And I don't think I could have if I was just like going to classes or like had a gym membership or whatever. Like I, I knew how to do like a good squat and a good deadlift and, and was able to feel like I had the baseline for all of that. Yeah, um, and sometimes it was, sorry, go ahead. Oh no, that's, that's so right on because it's like, you know, if you're committing to exercise consistently and then you have an obstacle thrown at you, like, mm-hmm. you know, a big event or a pregnancy or you, an injury or a surgery mm-hmm. you have to get, you know, it's more looking at it like, no, I'm, I'm optimized for this now. So I can yeah. go yeah. through this and maintain through, because otherwise I'd be, you know, coming into it at a negative already and then deeper in the hole versus, you know, being able to get the most out of this experience. Yeah, absolutely. And in, in the end of, in the third, my third trimester, I had this specific kind of chronic pain, um, that was like an internal cervical pain and it's like 10% of women have it. It's the worst. Uh, but the only thing that made me feel really good, the only time I wasn't in that pain was when I was working out. And so it was something I like really looked forward to. And I was really glad I had that as like in my, um, in my wheelhouse, you know? Yeah, Yeah. The fact that you could move around and then recognize that moving around made you feel good. Whereas before the instinct would probably be like, let me just lay on the couch and white knuckle it through this pain as opposed to like, no, I feel better when I get up and move around a little bit, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Cause laying down was actually the worst thing for it. And so it was, so it was such a um, helpful thing to be able to have this tool um, I feel, I felt so lucky. That's cool. Yeah, well, the, the baseline, like the thing, the thought process of, I want to get in shape because I want to be, look good in a bathing suit. Like that's like so many, mm-hmm. that's the marketing world. That's like, I want to look good on camera. I want to look good for this event. Like we all have our thing mm-hmm. that we want to look good for. And then to Stanger's point of like that, if that gets you there, great but like life is long we really need strong bodies to be alive and Mm -hmm. and you can survive with with being able to squat 400 pounds or 25 pounds but like your ability to like make it through these kind of like things you can't foresee having the strength of your body to get you through it that's like that's like what I wish more people looked at strength training with through that lens of mm-hmm. I hope to be able to live a long life. I hope to be able to pick my kid up off the floor safely. Yeah. I hope to be able to have my kid be able to jump from the side of the pool and land in my arms and me feel like I can mm-hmm. catch them safely. Like when they're 30 you know, years I, old. When they're 30, 30 years old and like 180 to 200 pounds. Um, but yeah, I think that like, that's like, that's my goal with like what I hope to, my messaging is, is like, you can look good. Everyone, that's fine. Everyone wants to look good. But like the longevity, the health of it, the being able to survive whatever life throws at you, because it will. 
um, mm-hmm. is so much, it matters so much more. Um, well, anyways, it's, yeah. it's, 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 I, 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 you're, I'm totally with you. I mean, you, you know, you hear people fortunately now talking about health span as opposed to just lifespan. So it's it's yeah. it's mm-hmm. the your the quality of your health throughout your life, your health span, very important, arguably more important than lifespan, you know. Mm-hmm. Um and so you'll hear stories all the time about somebody who was mentally great, they're they're 78 years old, trucking along, doing great, they fall down stepping off a curb, they go in the mm-hmm. hospital, it's a rapid decline and they die immediately. <laughs> And you're like, wow, yeah. that fu- what? They were doing great. That fucking sucks. Now, somebody that has maintained a little bit of muscle mass because they exercise and do stuff they like and are active isn't going to have that same fall because they have the strength to decelerate. So mm-hmm. for, you know, you guys, young, healthy, you know, women, you step down off the curb. It's a weird angle. Your shoes are weird or whatever. You can decelerate and catch yourself and it's fine. But if all that muscle atrophies and goes away, you lose your brakes. And so you just tumble over and break your hip and then that's the end of it. And so anything you can do to keep yourself out of the hospital for as long as possible, it's tough. I mean, it's such like a long game, you know, people when they're young, they're not thinking about that stuff, but it's the best time to think about it because it's like you guys talked about having that base. So just like, you know, even if you fall off, you know, I'm not quite going as hard as I was before, but I have a great squat. I've got a great deadlift. I show up two days a week. And I'll do mm-hmm. this for a year or two. And then, you know, things will slow down or life will change a little bit. And then I'll be back up to five days a week. And I'll do that for a year. And I'm in shape for that. You know, it's all these different yep. journeys. Or like I'm into bar method or I'm into Pilates. And then, mm-hmm. you know, you, you go through all these different kind of, you know, things to try and stuff you get into. And, you know, as long as you're moving and taking care of yourself. Yeah. You're, you know, you're going to have that health span. Yeah, I totally agree. And I feel like moving forward, like ever since I had Henry, my my son, he's now 15, almost 15 months old. Like, obviously, it's you have such little time. And I feel so lucky, again, that I have these exercises that like, Aaron helped me perfect. And like, I, I know, I feel confident in in my skill and in my form that I can, that I can go outside and for 30 minutes while he's napping, do a quick strength training set. It feels like really, and I'm able to do that. And my whole goal, me and Jeremy, we all like, let's, if we can do that like twice a week each and then like do a nice hike or like some kind of cardio walking, we're good. And hopefully, you know, as time goes on, we'll have more time, but that's our my baseline and it feels like it's so important to my mental health but it's so accessible and it wasn't accessible to me in that way a few years ago. Yeah, you think like where do I even start? You know. Yeah. As opposed to like, oh, I got these little bite-sized snacks I can do. Yeah. Do that, it'll get me through. That's 15 months. That's you're getting into some tedious territory, you know, where it's a lot, Yeah. <laughs> It's a lot of the same thing over and over again. And then like, I would do like weird shit with my kid where I'd be like, he's finally taking a nap. And then I would just sit down and not do anything. And then, oh, yeah. it, and then like, 
an hour and 42 minutes had gone by and he starts to cry. And I'm like, what the fuck? I could have fucking yep. taken a nap. I could have done this. I could have, I didn't do, I just scrolling on my phone like an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, oh my God. And it, thank God he has one nap now. And Aaron, you'll learn this soon. I'm not going to go too into nap culture because we'll lose a lot of audience. But um, <laughs> like the, in the beginning, in the early days, it's like only they nap for like 40 minutes. And you will find that is exactly enough time to do nothing. Like yeah. you can't mm-hmm. do any one thing. Like maybe you can shower. You can't work out and shower. That's you're done. Like because you got to <laughs> do some dishes. You got like there's just not enough time in 40 minutes to do anything. And now he has like a two and a half, three hour nap. So like we can accomplish maybe like two things, which is great. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. 15 months is busy. And again, it's like, like what you're talking about. It's like, I think of working out as like, it is something for my mental health and uh, feeling good about myself. But also it's like, uh, you, I need it as like a baseline. Like I'm running after this like 28 pound yes little maniac who can run now and he his he his like confidence in running is a 10 and his ability to run is like a four so like he's falling all the time like just running to try to catch up to like like spot him you know like when he falls inevitably into the wall um oh and they'll do the long falls too where it's like how he's stumbling and he's a fucking hundred meters away. Like how the fuck did that <laughs> yeah. happen? You're like, the long, he's decided like, could everything you fall is in proximity chase. by me for Christ's sake. <laughs> yeah. And like at the playground, it's just running. It's like crawling under things and over things and like missing it. There's so much agility. Like, that's yeah. just, and then they you always want to like play and, around where a bunch of nails are too. Like, oh like this is, it's like this beautiful, perfect park. And he's like, no, let me hang out here where there's a bunch of rusty nails and dog shit. Yep. You're like. He literally did that. Like he, he ran over, he just obsessed with trucks and there were like trucks on the road and he just kept wanting to run into the road, like down these stairs that he can't go down uh, into the road on Figueroa and oh, <laughs> across the street to the Very trucks. busy street so, in Los Angeles. Yes, yeah. yes. Um, so it, it does feel like it, having that baseline and and being able to feel strong and capable is so important in just day-to-day life and i i feel like i feel just really fortunate that i have those tools and i think thinking back to like the bar method and elliptical i feel like what i always needed was a low barrier to entry for working yeah. out and so i would like the bar method class i went to or i think it was a pure bar was like three blocks away from my house. And that was part of the reason why I picked it. it was like, I can walk there, I can decide to go, and I'm in the class 10 minutes later, you know? And yeah. now I feel like while I like to be, push myself, I still have that low barrier to entry with like, I can go do a quick 30-minute workout and I will can do that right now, put on clothes and be doing it in 10 minutes. And I think that's really helpful for me as a person. Uh, it's huge. I think that's helpful for everybody. They don't, they don't have to be hardcore. You don't have to join the military. It's like you can do, if you like something and it's easy and that's what you need to do for a while, then just do that. And that'll, Mm -hmm. and then you'll, they'll, there'll always be a day where you're like, you know what? I feel like pushing it a little harder. And then you do it when Mm -hmm. it feels right. But you, they never have to be, you never have to dread it. Yeah. 
And then that's when you stop. Like, it's the same thing with diets. It's like, if you're going to go on a crash diet, you're not, it's not sustainable, but you can like eat a lot of green, eat a lot of spinach just in your life and you'll keep eating spinach. You know, it's, it's, um, yeah, I love that with food. It's like focus on what, what healthy things you can, what healthy things you can add before you worry about what, what you're going to restrict yourself on. Yes. Yes. I, I, that's totally my, my vantage point on eating. And another thing that's been really interesting about eating with a toddler is, um, is I, I see what I feed him and that like, oh, I'm feeding him all this, like so much fruit and vegetables and like good protein. And, and I'm like, oh, I don't do that for my, it, for myself as mm-hmm. much as I do for him. And so now I've been trying to, I never eat let like him he eat does. the poison that I'm feeding myself. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, what? what am I doing here? I mean, the amount of fruit I I've been eating so much more fruit just cause we bought so much more for him. I'm like, why don't, why didn't I eat fruit before fruit rocks? Yeah. It's so good. It does rock. <laughs> Yeah. Probably because somewhere you heard that it was like a carb and you should be careful. Yeah. Probably. Just yeah. probably, you know? Yeah. Eat and like babies. anybody out there listening, it, it, I promise you, it ain't the bananas. Yeah, something's going on with you. It ain't the papaya you're having. Or something. <laughs> you might want to look into some other stuff, you know? Could be the frosés. But frosé is delicious. No. It is. And you're allowed, like definitely fruit. allowed to have that. <laughs> yeah, that is fruit. Yeah. yeah. It's frosé. It's like raspberries. Just mm-hmm. blend yeah. it up, I think. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's exactly right. Melissa, you are 100%. <laughs> that's why you let Henry have them. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Finish your frosé like in a sippy cup. <laughs> it does. Ew. It is funny because in the morning, you know, there, we have coffee and it's like oh it's mama coffee or dada coffee and then in the evening it's like that's mama beer dada beer and we're like oh maybe we shouldn't just have drinks that he can't drink uh but now he does say bia bia um when he knows cute. he can't drink something that's beer <laughs> that's cute. you know what he'll get a beer one day and then it'll be really special so yeah so then not for another year. five years. That's right. <laughs> yeah, wait till I'm he's a like solid that. six and a half. <laughs> yeah. I'd always do well, jokes Melissa. like that. I'd always do jokes like that. And my wife would laugh, but then be like, and, but uh, tell everybody you're joking. You know, it's like, <laughs> they know. That's. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm not going to feed Henry okay. beers. My wife would be happy that you said that. Just under my, if, as long as under our roof, yeah. you can drink when you're six. <laughs> you're a cool mom. Cool mom. Cool, I'm a cool mom. Yeah. Oh, I forgot. I'm wearing this sweatshirt that I didn't realize until earlier. It was very on theme. It's my um, hoops mom sweatshirt. Oh my gosh. I'm not a that's cool mom. Incredible. I'm a hoops mom. I love that. Yeah, I really love this sweatshirt. Super the last cool. guest we had on was also wearing a shirt for the podcast. It was like a Terminator shirt. And he was mm. uh, saying that Linda Hamilton was his arms goal. So this oh, is yeah. becoming a Good thing. Good one to have. Got people having some, some I'm wearing on one for the podcast, brand too. shirts. Oh, yeah. In and oh, out. hell yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm just Nike. What are you wearing? That looks cozy. Not good for it's the podcast. Because it's it's like 79 degrees today, so it's like like fall in LA. I know. I did put on the sweatshirt and I was like, are you pretending it's fall? I'm like, yes. <laughs> it's, it's fucking it's freezing. 
I love it when you start <laughs> seeing people wear scarves and stuff and it's like 72 and it's like, all right, honey. <laughs> it's supposed to be 68 this weekend and I will wear a scarf. <laughs> wow. I'll wear fucking fingerless gloves. You're dressing for two, you know? That's right. We're yeah. both, we yeah. both need to be cozy. Yeah. yeah. Um, Melissa, thank you for joining us. Where can people find you if they want to find you online? Um, I, I guess I'm, oh my God, am I still on, I am still on Twitter, but I don't tweet and it's called X. So I, sure. I think I'm high Melissa Hunter there, but on Instagram, you can find me or you can just l- watch my stuff if you want. Hell yeah. You can just look Got a nice up. website. Oh, thanks. Yeah, sure. Look at my website. MelissaHunter.com. Uh, I think it's, it, no, it's, it's MelissaHunter.com. It's, MelissaHunter.com is a real estate woman in Texas. Uh, somebody, there's a Christian realtor out in uh, South Carolina that got all the Ryan Stanger stuff. He's just, uh, yeah, he so sits on it. It all just gets routed to his Facebook page, uh, everything. And I'm just like, oh, wow. You understand. Sucks. Yeah. You have to be a real early adopter with yeah. it when you have a common name. You have to jump on the new This guy, the new, Jesus uh, told him. You know, fucking get out there on TikTok. Hey, at least early. Jesus is talking to him before he's talking to your ass. Go on. Mm-hmm. Jesus ain't saying shit to me. I got the devil. The devil. <laughs> hey, Stanger, guess what? To gamble. What's up? We got a TikTok. Oh, did we? We got a TikTok. Yep. So you guys wow, can follow congrats. us there at the dumbbells, baby. Um, we're gonna try. We're just we're just gonna try. <laughs> Do some low energy dance choreography. Uh. Oh yeah! If you would like to do a dance with me, that would I'm sure the fans would love it because neither of us can probably do it. So uh, they like to be called listeners. Uh, let's not. You know, what I call them? Uh, fans. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, we don't like you. We, we don't just like you. We listen to, you. to it. Yeah. So please, <laughs> we put up with you. Uh, well, Melissa, can't thank you enough for joining us. That was awesome. Yes. I, mean, I think there's so much like so helpful stuff you said. I think people are going to get a lot. Oh, out really? Of it. Yeah. Thanks. Absolutely. I, yeah. Great. Um, for us, you guys got questions, comments, concerns, complaints, being called fans. Uh, you can reach us at askthedumbbells at gmail.com. Askthedumbbells at gmail.com. Uh, yep. A realtor out in uh, Texas got the dumbbells at gmail.com. So we had <laughs> to add the ask on, on Instagram. Facebook and TikTok and Twitter, but you know, same as Melissa, we don't really use it. Um, at the dumbbells across all those other things. We don't use X, but we love Elon Musk. Love him. Love him. We stand behind. I have like 11 Teslas. Yeah, please. (laughs) I love it when he weighs in on things. We want to hear your take, Musky. What do you got to say about that? I know it's going to be good. Uh, on behalf of myself and Aaron McGowan, we're the dumbbells. Our amazing guest today, Melissa Hunter. We like to remind everybody that's out there listening to train dirty, eat clean, and live in between. That was a headgum podcast. <laughs> <laughs>